Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. We're in Luke chapter 11. Turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 11. What, what is this talking about when it says, just like Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth? What is that talking about, the heart of the earth? Well, you know, this is something that a lot of people don't understand. You know, you think, okay, bad people die, they go to hell. You know, unrepentant, unbelieving, the abominable, they go to hell. And the good people die, they go to heaven. Well, it, it isn't quite so cut and dry as that. And before Jesus died upon the cross, you have to understand that those people went to a place that we'll just call it paradise. And we'll call it paradise because that's what Jesus said to the thief on the cross, the one who repented. Remember, he said to that guy, today you will be with me in paradise. Okay, and so we're going to consider this place. And if we look at Luke chapter 17, which we won't today because we'll be there shortly, in Luke chapter 17, it talks about the rich man and Lazarus, and they both died, and, they, and one went to Abraham's side, and one went to torment, but they were both in this place. And it seems to be, as you go through the Bible, that it's somehow geocentric. But a place where when you put your body in the grave, your spirit would go down to this place, and for the righteous, they would go to paradise, and for the unrighteous, they would go to torment, and they could see one another across the way, as we'll see in Luke chapter 17. And so what happens is Jesus then would go down to this place. When Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise, he's not talking about heaven, the abode of God. Why do we know that? Because when he resurrected, if you remember, he told Mary, don't cling to me. I've not yet ascended to my father. So where's paradise? Well, geocentric. And so Jesus would descend to the lower parts of the earth. He would go down into this place, proclaim liberty to those who were captive, who were waiting for his redemption. And then at that moment, all those people got to go to heaven. And now, if you're a believer, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If you're a non-believer, they're still going to that place of torment. It's still full. Those people will be delivered up on the last day before the great white throne, you know, in chapter 19 of Revelation. But we who are alive and die now, who believe in Jesus, will go directly to Jesus. Our spirits will go to Jesus. And then, someday, when the resurrection, the day of the resurrection comes, it tells us in Isaiah 26, that's a great place to look at it, you know, that your dead body will, will rise with my dead body. They shall rise. And then we will enter our chambers and the Lord will come out to punish the inhabitants of the earth. First Corinthians tells us that in a moment in twinkling of an eye, we will be changed, you know, and we'll be transformed. First Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us that we are going to be caught up, raptured to be with the Lord, but the dead in Christ will rise first. What does that mean? It means those who have bodies that are still in the 
in the graves, those graves will open, the, those caskets will burst apart. I saw a casket, the other, I did a funeral the other day, and it was the most beautiful casket I've ever seen. It was all cedar, it was beautiful. It looked like it belonged in somebody's living room, it was so pretty. It's like, man, it's a shame to put this thing in the ground. And I said, it's going to be a real shame. I even said this at the funeral. This is going to be a real shame when the resurrection happens and this guy busts this casket all to pieces. But their bodies will be caught up, transformed in the air, because flesh and blood does not inherit the kingdom of God. They'll be given a spiritual body. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up and will be transformed with them. So that's kind of the, the way this all works. And so Jesus talks about this, speaking of his burial and resurrection And that's how he's going to give the sign of Jonah. This sign that he would rise from the dead and people would see him. His disciples would testify of him as resurrected. And so being an example of what we will be when we're resurrected. And and he he certainly wasn't the same. You know, he was, he could, you know, disappear and appear and, you know, be in different places. And, you know, he was, he was transformed. And so will we be. And so there was a testimony to the people that were there. And all of his disciples, and we have to recognize the significance of this, because we know that people will die for something that's a lie if they believe it to be true, right? But nobody will die for something they know to be a lie. And every one of his disciples went to their death claiming Jesus had risen from the dead. Every one of them, most of them were, all of them were tortured. Most of them were, were killed. John was the only one who, after being boiled in oil and he didn't die, they sent him to Patmos and he died of old age. But none of them denied Jesus their entire life. All 11 disciples, of course, minus Judas, all of them went to their death saying Jesus rose from the dead. Nobody will die for what they believe to be a lie. They had nothing to gain from that. So he says... Verse 34, as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. So in what way was Jonah assigned to the Ninevites? That's kind of interesting. Well, if you remember, I mentioned that their chief deity that they worshipped was Dagon. He was the fish god. And you see depictions of this, you know, some, sometimes it looks like a guy's wearing a fish hoodie. You know, it's like a hat, you know, with a fish head pointing up. And sometimes it's just a fish up top, you know. But it's half man, half fish is kind of the depictions that we get of Dagon. And so could you imagine what it would be like if all the fishermen down there by the shore and everybody sees this guy spit out of the fish and then ghost white and, you know, night of the living dead walks into the city, 40 days and you're all toast, everybody repents. I think it would have been different. If Jonah would have just taken his scrolls and, you know, his Jewish garb and walked into the city, they probably would have just killed him, right? And so God was gracious enough to say, okay, who won't want to go? (laughs) Who will refuse my word? And he picks the guy who's going to get on a ship and go the opposite direction so that he can have him swallowed by a fish, so that he can have him spit up on the shore, so that they can, he answers them according to their gods. And this man a follower, a worshiper of Yahweh comes in all nasty and stinky, you know, yells out his, his condemnation of the city. And it says they all repented in sackcloth and ashes. In the same way, Jesus, they would kill him. Three days later, he would show up again. And many people would testify of his resurrection. Just couldn't get rid of him. And so in the same way. In verse 31, it says, the queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation. 
and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed great, a greater than Solomon is here. You know, there in every person is a yearning inside. And I don't know how long you went without knowing Jesus in your life, how long you searched and, you know, kind of fought around in the dark. I, I remember it probably happened when I was, I'm guessing, before this, but probably really started to bother me when I went through puberty. I think that's when we first start to become aware of things. And, and kind of going through the years of thinking there's got to be more to life. There's got to be something that has meaning, something that satisfies. And so when I was 18, that's when I got saved. After I, you know, and even in that, at that young age, having access to all kinds of things I shouldn't have had access to as a young person. I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. And, and, and yet, not finding satisfaction in those things, finally realizing I, I need Jesus and accepting Jesus into my life. And, and so too, with this queen of the south, she's sitting down there in Ethiopia. It's got to be hot, you know, even with the guy fanning her. You know, it's got to be hot. And, and she's just thinking, man, there's got to be more to life. And then she hears a story about this man Solomon up in the Mediterranean, up in Israel, this guy who's full of wisdom, the wisdom of, of the gods. And so she gets a caravan together and piles up spices and, and gold and silver and, and things, and she heads up to Jerusalem, and she sits at the feet of Solomon and gives him, gives him gifts, but then bombards him, peppers him with the hardest questions about the most difficult, complex situations. And it tells us in first. Kings chapter 10, or yeah, chapter 10, it gives us that account. It says that there was nothing that was too hard for Solomon. After 1,200 miles, she travels to see him. And so I just wanted to read this to you in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 4 through 9. It kind of describes this after he's answered all of her questions. It says this, And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearer, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. It knocked the wind out of her. That's what he it's just She was just so impressed. And it, it wasn't just, you know, that he was a smart guy, but everything that he did to the outfits that his servants wore and the way that the past went from one place to another and the banquet was arranged, everything... She could see, man, this is, it's all so orderly and so wise, the way that everything goes down. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.